0: some people choose to do ordinary things. It's a choice. People are born with talent. Talent can get you in front and give you a head start, but it's not what crosses the finish line.
1: Top leaders. Meaningful conversation. Actionable advice. Bulldoze complacency. Ignite inspiration. Create impact. Produced by Southwestern family of companies. This is the Action Catalyst.
2: Financial goals are personal, so your wealth management plan should be too. At Lighthouse Wealth Group, we strive to do the absolute best for our clients. In fact, it's at our core. Whether it's business or estate planning, retirement, and more, we're with you through every phase of life, always adapting to serve you better and offering proactive options to help you meet your needs in a way that makes it as easy as possible for you. We do the legwork so you can focus on what matters most. Wealth Management isn't just our job, it's our passion. We help you understand your options, the pros and the cons, so you're empowered to make the most informed choice for your circumstance. Our whole dedicated team collaborates on finding the specific solution for your situation with a continuous commitment to learning and improvement and an insatiable desire to succeed. Not for us, but for our clients, our community, and our families. Lighthouse Wealth Group, a beacon for your financial journey. Learn more at LighthouseWealthGroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through Six Ring Wealth Partners, an independent registered investment advisor. Six Ring Wealth Partners and Lighthouse Wealth Group are not registered broker-dealers, are independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Representatives may not be registered to offer securities and advisory services in all states. Any opinions are those of the action catalyst and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are of the state and are subject to change without notice. Investing involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected.
1: On today's episode, guest host Stephanie Moss speaks with Tommy Dorfler, a CPA, CFP, and CEPA, who acts as the senior wealth advisor for Lighthouse Wealth Group and senior executive vice president of Sage Spring Wealth Partners. His mission is to partner with clients in setting goals and developing their comprehensive plan to safeguard their security and assets. Tommy also has an interesting path to his present career, as you'll soon
0: learn about. We hope you enjoy.
3: I want to welcome to the show, it is my brother.
0: How did I become such an awesome brother? Oh, Stephanie, I could spend hours on this. I, I just, <laughs> I could spend hours on this.
3: Tommy Durfler. He also goes by several different names, which we will explore in the podcast, including Tommy Steele. Oh boy. Welcome, Tommy.
0: I was going to say thanks for having me, but I'm not sure so much thanks is in order. So grateful to be here. Glad to be here. In all since thank you for having me.
3: Going to regret this later. Part of the reason why we wanted to bring you on is you do have a pretty interesting story. At 25 years old, you were a college dropout traveling the country as a drummer in a band and now today running an incredibly successful wealth management practice. So love to hear a little bit about that journey from college dropout, long hair, hippie to the man you are today.
0: Yeah. So to back up for a second, I mean, you know, growing up, very shy kid. I actually remember a family member of ours saying, Tommy, I thought you were mute uh, when you were younger because you never said anything. Very, very shy kid and just kind of watched people and, and really just kind of observed my surroundings. And so in high school, I was never scholastic whatsoever. So it was always to me, it was school was what you did from you know, seven thirty to three o'clock or whatever it was. And then once the bell rang, you got to do what you really wanted to do. And so for me, that was playing music and playing drums. And so, you know, I just kind of pursued my passion and really just kind of pursued the emotion of playing music. And so of course you graduate high school, you go and I went to East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina, majored in music performance. So got there Uh, Still pretty shy kid. They really prepped you for more of the orchestral route and going into a symphony. That's not really where my heart was at. That's not where my desire was at. I did that for about two years and it took me two years to realize, yeah, this is not what I want to do. That's when I had a great sister of mine say, hey, if you really want to cut your teeth at this thing, why don't you come to Nashville? Kind of see what you're made of. So when I moved to Nashville, I really, you know, I, again, I kind of worked this day job eight to five just to pay the bills and so on. But, you know, at night I'd go out and check out the local scene, go down to Broadway, just try to conjure up enough courage to go introduce myself to the musicians that were playing on stage. I really kind of put myself out there trying to meet people and finally got a phone call and said, Hey, we want you to audition for a band. We're kind of a local cover band. And we go play at a bunch of different places. And so at that point, you know, I had not really studied country music at all. And so I grew up listening to rock and funk and whatever was hip at the time and jam bands and so on. And so when it came to learning country music, I was like, man, this is way outside my comfort zone. And so I, I went to the audition and I practiced as much as I could. And they said, OK, we think you're pretty good. And, you know, we want you to join the band. And I thought, OK, I made it. That's it. I made it. <laughs> You know, I hit the top. This is awesome. (laughs) Things are going really well for me. Uh, I remember traveling and we one year, I think I traveled like 200, 250 dates out of 365 days. Me, four other guys all traveling around the United States in this little conversion van with a U-Haul behind us with all of our gear in there. It was such a fun time because I had zero responsibilities. I didn't have to work. I got to do this for a living, made just enough money, and I absolutely loved it. And it was something that I'm like, man, this is so much fun. I can't believe I'm traveling. Just like, man, this is awesome. I'm here. I've arrived. And this is great. So after doing that a little while, you know, you get to a point where you you sit there and tell yourself like, all right, I need to keep moving forward. You know, let's keep pushing this along. Where is this going to go? Am I going to have to do this forever? You know, am I always just going to make this amount of money? Well, what about the future? And so after two and a half, three years of that, I finally recognize, I'm like, I don't, this is not sustainable for me. The music industry, it's an awesome industry. It really is. I mean, artists get to be who they want and they can showcase their talents and they really kind of bear it all when they're on stage playing live in a performance. You know, but once you come down off the stage, you know, it was, wait a minute, who am I now? And what's my real purpose here? What am I supposed to be doing? And this is fun. I want to make a career. So I had no idea. If I'm not going to do this, I have no skill set. I have no resume. I just had nothing to show that I was marketable as far as an employee. So fast forward, I go and I go re-enroll. Back at uh, Middle Tennessee State University here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, major in finance, take my first accounting class. And I remember walking out of the class and I was just one of those odd, very weird and odd students that thought to themselves, I get this. This is kind of cool. Where everybody else walked out like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? This is horrible. This is dry. And so I was like, <laughs> I'm sitting there, no, no, this is cool. This is cool. And they're like, I don't think you know what cool is, man. <laughs> so, this is your idea of cool. This, You're off base. And so when I started wrapping up school, that's where I was introduced to somebody who started their own investment firm. And he's like, hey, I could always use some help around the office if you want to come in. And I'll even..." pay you a little bit of money. I thought, well, that's kind of a win-win. So I started working for him and I was just kind of a fly in the wall and listening to the conversations he had with his clients and thought, man, this is the coolest thing in the world. He's basically taking what I'm learning in all these classes and sharing it with other people that don't have an interest or passion in this. Wait a minute, this is kind of cool. I want to keep learning this and I want to help other people understand these things so they can know what the right thing to do is. And so, you know, things just kind of turned yeah, you know, I think that's, you know, God just kind of redirected my passion and I had to go this way to ultimately get to where I am today.
3: So as an older sibling, some of what I've been able to watch you accomplish has been tremendous, physically, intellectually, spiritually, the family that you and your wife are building right now. Share with us a little bit about some of those accomplishments.
0: Yeah. So it was a time where I started going back to college. And, you know, again, I I think the first first 20, 25 years of my life, I was just kind of watching, kind of seeing life happen in front of me and not really being the participant. And then finally, when I realized, hey, I'm going back to school, I, I really felt something kick in. This is not on somebody else. This is not somebody else's expectations. So whatever happens from here going forward, it's on me. And I think I had to have that independence and break away a little bit to really, truly discover that. You know, when I went back to school, you know, you got to understand I was a C student at best. I mean, every time report cards came out, I'm like, oh, great. When I went back to school, it was like, okay, I'm not doing that for anybody else. I'm doing it for me. And so, you know, my first two semesters, you know, I got straight A's. Well, that's not really a big deal for most people. But coming where I was coming from, it was a huge deal for me. And so all of a sudden, you know, it was like, wow, okay, if I apply myself, if I do these things, you know, maybe the outcome will show itself. I want to go after the CPA exam. I've never done that before. Let me go after that. And, you know, let me see if I can pass that. Eventually passed all four tests, right? And it was like, what else can I do? What else can I do? You know, I got, I started getting some confidence and then it was like, you know, same thing physically. I started, I remember thinking to myself, man, you know, it'd be cool if I could do a half marathon. That sounds pretty cool. I think that would be something I wonder if I could do. Trained for it, studied about it, and then did it. You know, I didn't score great. I didn't have the best time by any means, but it was just something that I felt like, wow, I accomplished. Then it was like, let me do another one. Let me do another one. Let me do another one. Okay. Let me do a full marathon. Let me see if I can do that. Then it was, okay, I want to do some of these endurance events. There's a 12-hour long endurance event. Let me see if I can do that. Okay, let me try another one. Let me try a 24-hour endurance event. Now, let me see if I can do a 50-hour. No sleep, brutal. And every time my limiting beliefs shrank and my confidence grew, I just kept going. And so in my 30s, I was really able to increase my confidence, overcome certain challenges that I took on because at the end of the day, It wasn't on anybody else. It was on me. That is much more of a driver than trying to live up to somebody else's expectations or somebody else's belief system. If you can live up to your own belief system, that is much more powerful than doing it strictly for somebody else. You know, I want to test and see what kind of person, what kind of man I really am. And so by doing these things, you know, I gained a mentor in the process, I learned things about leadership, I learned things about followership, I learned things about, you know, service to others, and all these things almost kind of came together where I could apply all these things, not directly, but indirectly into the clients we serve. Being able to say, okay, I know what I can accomplish, I know what I can do, but it's not about that anymore, it's about helping others be able to overcome their obstacles, and that is extremely motivating to me to be able to see that.
3: So a big part of that is being able to share. We've talked about this before, being able to share what you've learned in the process of figuring out who you were, what you were capable of. So share with us a little bit about some of the things you've learned in this journey so far.
0: Yeah, you know, I think going back and, and reflecting on this, which, by the way, it was a little tough. I mean, I was all super excited to be on the Action Catalyst. And then the reality hit me like, what do I have to say? (laughs) But I, I really learned a couple of things and reflected on some things that I thought of that helped get me here today. And one was always be growing and always be learning. You have to be humble enough to be able to say, hey, if you think you're there, missed it, you're done. That's when it's over. So you're never there. And I think a lot of that was just keeping a hold of this childhood curiosity. You know, If you're around kids, if you have kids, Kids are awesome because they always have this curiosity, you know, and sometimes it's not very curiosity, some things where they might hurt themselves, and but a lot of it is really them exploring their world, exploring their surroundings, and so I, I never gave up on, huh, leadership, what is that like? How does that work? How do you become a good leader? Followership, what does that really mean? You know, how does that work? Okay, what does it mean to be a good husband, a good father? And just naturally you know, learned, hey, I never want to lose that childhood curiosity. Uh, something else I uh, learned along the way was have a mentor. You know, a mentor is different than a father. A mentor is different from a cheerleader. A mentor is different from a teacher. A mentor to me was somebody who said, I'm not going to tell you all the things you want to hear. I'm going to tell you the things you need to hear, but not because I'm a dictator, you know, not because of anything other than because I care about you and I want you to grow. And I want you to keep learning. Always believe in yourself, right? And we've all heard that before. But if you don't believe in yourself, why should anybody else believe in you? And that was really profound to me because I was like, wow, it takes away the, hey, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. does it matter what other people say about you. It's a matter of you believing in yourself and proving naysayers wrong. And the other thing I think I've learned is ordinary people can really do extraordinary things. I really do believe that. And people tend to put people on a pedestal. And I don't like that because at the end of the day, we're all ordinary people, but some people choose to do ordinary things. And a lot of times it's a choice. And how far you take that is up to you. And so I don't believe that people were born with a better ability than others. I mean, I think people are born with talent talent can get you can get you in front and give you a head start but it doesn't want it's not what crosses the finish line
3: do you think and i'm going to come back to a childhood memory here do you think that that initial belief in yourself started when mom and dad bought you new tennis shoes and you would run down the kitchen hallway and try and jump to touch the top of the doorway i mean you practiced that for hours and years, in fact.
0: I like to think that it contributed. Yeah, I do.
3: (laughs) Talk to me about some of the things you've learned from a leadership perspective. Obviously, you run a business now. What makes a good leader? How do you become a good leader? Talk to us a little bit about some of the leadership traits you've learned through the years.
0: Well, I think the first trait is what I had to learn the hard way, which is through failure. (laughs) One of the things I think I've recognized is to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. I'm very decisive. I'm very take charge. Let's do this. Let's stay focused. Not somebody who says, hey, let's just sit here and talk about how we're feeling in the moment, you know, and that's not naturally my inclination. And so when I was in a followership position, I was constantly pushing the envelope. I was constantly, "Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I think my partner had to say, slow down, man, slow, like be patient. Your time will come. And I think even in a team meeting, everybody said, Tommy, you just need to relax a little bit. And I'm like, relax. We've got too much stuff to do. Let's go. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and I get it now because I had to learn those things because now as a leader, I know what's going through the minds of a follower. You know what I mean? I -hmm. know you've got to be able to relate. You've got to be able to have empathy. You've got to be able to understand where their followers are coming from. And unless you put yourself in that position, it's too easy to become a dictator. You know, I think it's called wisdom you know, you live life forward, you understand it backwards. And now I know what my business partner was basically telling me is like, you got to slow down. You got to be comfortable being a follower because when you switch over and you will at some point to being a leader, you better remember how that is. Because if you don't, there is a chance that you might become this dictator because you're not relating to your people enough. That was something I had to learn the hard way. (laughs) You know, the other thing I think is, you know, core values. I think you have to hire and fire around core values. You know, especially in our world, we have a lot of designations, a lot of licenses you can get that kind of prove on what you know. But at the same time, it's not a, it's not always about what you know. It's the soft skills, right? The being a team player, taking initiative when you're not asked to, doing things outside of your role and the responsibility. Those things do get noticed, and that can be a difference maker between somebody that's doing all the right things. And somebody who's going to be with you your entire career.
3: Absolutely, I've heard you comment in the past. One of the things that you learned was the difference between a conversation and communication. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, I think in you know in leadership positions, a lot of times we all like to have conversations with people, right? And sometimes I've realized that when I was doing my endurance events, they really put you in positions in both leadership and followership positions, right? Where you have to be a follower now, that's your role. Okay, now we got to switch over, be a leader. And when you're a follower, it's easy to have conversations with everybody. Hey, how do you feel about this? What are you, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And you're just kind of really conversing. When you're in a leadership position, there is a difference between conversing and communicating conversing is something like, hey, you know, it'd be great. It'd be great if we did this project. I think this project would be really good for our team. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. The next day you come in and leader goes, so how are we doing on that project? They're like, well, I thought we were just having a conversation. I didn't know there was something that came out of that. We were just talking about how cool it'd be or what that would look like or so on. And what I've realized is when you are communicating what the initiative is, what the project is, what the goal is in your organization, you have to be very clear in communication. Here is the goal. Here is the goal. We are trying to do X, Y, and Z. This is the timeframe. This needs to be done by, if possible. Here are your resources to help you to get this done by this date. Here are the people you need to talk to. Don't worry about these people over here. What questions do you have? And is there anything you need from me to be able to execute? That is communication. And your team will tell you if you're not communicating. Just listen to the team. Listen to what they have to say. Don't need to act on everything, right? But you need to be able to give an environment where you're listening to them and then you can really communicate back to them what is needed. Because they, that's the difference between a leadership is saying, I'm going to get everybody rowing in the same direction and I know where we're going. The follower position is, tell me how fast I need to row, and then let me go do it, right?
3: So I have a couple more questions I want to ask, and they revolve around a couple of themes I've picked up from you, which I think are really interesting. One is the term passion. So you talked about, hey, in high school, you certainly didn't start off on this track that you're on now, but you did set out to follow your passion, which at the time was music. Then when you felt like, hey, that's kind of run its course from being a full-time to a hobby status, you were able to find something else that was your passion. The other theme that I heard quite a bit was this idea of you getting out of your comfort zone. You've followed your passions. You've pushed your own self out of a comfort zone. So two questions. What else can you do? What's next for you? (laughs)
0: Uh, Great question. I want to continue taking risks. Now, I think in my 30s, it was more of like, okay, the physical part, right? Like the endurance events and, you know, a lot of that was wrapped around more of the physical side of things, but taking risks in business. Now, what I mean by that is calculated risks, right? Not, you don't want to be <laughs> reckless. You don't want to mm-hmm. be a reckless person, but, you know, the only way to continuously grow is to get outside your comfort zone or what we call in business, take risk, right? Not knowing what's going to happen and taking that step further. What that looks like, I don't know. I, I think that'll be yet to be seen. And the other thing is, you know, we have a three and a half, almost a four-year-old at the house. The biggest thing there is trying to raise her in a very complex world right now and making sure that she understands what good values are. So I think, you know, what it looks like from here is just continue to grow. And if I ever stop one day growing or not taking risks, then I need to move out of the way for somebody else to do that.
3: Who inspires you?
0: I look around my life and see people that were able to overcome big obstacles, right? But honestly, it's it's not one person. I'm inspired by watching people do something they didn't believe they could do. I mean, it makes me want to get up in the morning and just be like, okay, I want to see who can do what and see what they can do on their own. And man, that is what just, yeah, I love sitting that. That's, that inspires me. Okay.
3: Footnotes, if you would, we reference you go by multiple names, multiple aliases, if you will. So real quick, Tommy Steele, tell us about that alias.
0: All right. I was a drummer in this band that I talked about earlier. And one of the first times I played the gig with them, he, the lead singer, was doing introductions to every, all the band members, right? And on my snare drum there, it's a steel snare drum. So it says steel. Well, as you know, my last name is Durfler. That's not really easy to pronounce when you're on stage and saying, hey, Tommy, Dur- Durfler, you know. So he turned around and all he saw was that steel on the drum. And so he said, introducing Tommy Steele. So that was kind of my stage name, I guess. Awesome.
3: Uh, You and I are brother and sister. And as we've been recording, mom and dad have actually been here also listening. And mom says, would you please take out the trash?
0: See, no matter what I do, it's just like I have good people around me to keep me humble. And that's Mm -hmm. what I need. And taking out the trash, man, nothing humbles you more than that.
3: Absolutely. Hey, man, thank you so much for your time and willingness to share some of your story. Very inspiring. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for having me on here. This has been awesome.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe and to stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and on Twitter at catalyst underscore action And thanks for listening.
2: Financial goals are personal, so your wealth management plan should be too. At Lighthouse Wealth Group, we strive to do the absolute best for our clients. In fact, it's at our core. Whether it's business or estate planning, retirement, and more, We're with you through every phase of life, always adapting to serve you better and offering proactive options to help you meet your needs in a way that makes it as easy as possible for you. We do the legwork so you can focus on what matters most. Wealth management isn't just our job, it's our passion. We help you understand your options, the pros and the cons, so you're empowered to make the most informed choice for your circumstance. Our whole dedicated team collaborates on finding the specific solution for your situation with a continuous commitment to learning and improvement and an insatiable desire to succeed. Not for us, but for our clients, our community, and our families. Lighthouse Wealth Group, a beacon for your financial journey. Learn more at lighthousewealthgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through Singsbury Wealth Partners and independent registered investment advisor. Singsbury Wealth Partners and Lighthouse Wealth Group are not registered broker dealers or independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated member FINRA SIPC. Representatives may not be registered to offer securities and advisory services in all states. Any opinions are those of the action catalyst and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are of this state and are subject to change without notice. Investing involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected.